RTL Stories, the podcast with Lisa Burke from RTL Group. Everything um, now has fallen into place. The government uh, was willing to support the project financially. RTL was willing uh, to participate again as a host broadcaster. And above all, the Luxembourgish music scene um, has developed enormously in the recent uh, years. Um, there's lots of potential and uh, we all agree that we want to win. So uh, <laughs> of course. we had to start again at Eurovision. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RTL Stories, the podcast. I'm Lisa Burke, based at RTL in Luxembourg. And in this series, we are exploring the lives of some extraordinary people who have made RTL their career home, investigate what they do and how they got here. Today, I'm delighted to welcome David Glusner as our guest. Nearly 25 years ago, Dave started his career as a presenter and editor at Elder Radio here in Luxembourg, his home country. And today he is head of radio programmes and head of Eurovision at RTL Luxembourg. So great to have us with you here in the studio. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you, Dave. Now, just to give our listeners, our viewers, a little bit of background, Eldo Radio is Luxembourg's biggest hit radio. RTL Luxembourg combines lots of things. It has audiovisual and digital activities of RTL in Luxembourg, which includes RTL Tele Lutzebusch, the only TV channel in Luxembourgish, RTL Radio Lutzebusch, which is the number one media outlet here in Luxembourg, RTL Point Elu, Luxembourg's most popular online media, RTL Info, which is in French, RTL Today, which is Luxembourg's leading news and information site in English, RTL Sport Live Arena, which is a live stream of the major team sports in Luxembourg, RTL Play, which is a streaming service and it has content available in Luxembourgish, French and English. RTL Gold, which is a web radio dedicated to the greatest hits of the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. And RTL LX, which is a web radio dedicated to music made here in Luxembourg. And a little note on the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, most people probably know something about the Eurovision, I would say. But 30 years ago, had Luxembourg's last participation in 1993. And that was 40 years after the country's last win in 1983. So we're entering once more. So Dave, so much to go through, but we're going to start right back 25 years ago when you began your career here as a presenter and editor at Elder Radio. So tell us about Elder Radio and the start of your career. Well, after finishing high school, I had to make a choice. Um, the first option was to go to university. The second option was to do radio. And that's what I decided for. I got the opportunity to start at Aldo Radio as a presenter. And that's what I did. And um, it brought me here today. So uh, I think it was the good choice. What would you have studied at university, just out of curiosity? I wasn't sure, but I think it would have um, something to do with media. Um, but in fact, as I could deep directly into the media, that was the best choice for me at that time. And, and so you did indeed. And so you started as a presenter and editor. And of course, now you're not really a presenter anymore. So tell us about that transition. And you know, to start young as a presenter, what did you enjoy about that? And what was challenging? 
Well, of course, as a radio presenter at that time, um, you had to do everything at Elder Radio. You had uh, to be the host of the show. You had to read the news. You had to do everything uh, by yourself. Uh, that was very challenging uh, when you are very young and you have this big of responsibility because you know there are lots of people listening listening to that. That was very challenging, but um, it was something we enjoyed all and we liked it uh, being uh, a part of this wonderful young team at Elder Radio uh, who wanted to bring that radio uh, really to the top of the the radio stations in Luxembourg, uh, what we did, and uh, that was very uh, challenging, but it was lots of, of fun. Um, during my career, then, of course, I changed in the management role. Um, I sometimes miss being in the studio, of course, uh, being on air. Um, You'll have to come back and, yeah, and maybe, chat with me more. <laughs> maybe one time, maybe one time, uh, who knows. Um, however, I don't just have an influence now on my own show, but I have an influence on the whole program. So that's just great, of course. Um, And it's about delivering a good program every day um, for our listeners. And um, that's fun too. Yeah. And so thinking about that start of your career, you had a lot of autonomy, a lot of freedom, a lot of autonomy. You could choose and decide for yourself how things were going, the direction of things as well. How were you supported by RTL staff, managers, teams around you? Mm -hmm. um, I have to say that I always felt very supported uh, in all my in all my roles. Um, what I have always appreciated um, is the principle of the give and take. Um, I always had the feeling that it worked very well in both directions. Um, I've usually been given a lot of flexibility um, for uh, organizing myself, my work and so. Um, on the other hand, I was also very flexible. Um, that's very important and available um, at times when it was important, even um, at times uh, where it was not planned. Yeah. And what's incredible really to me, perhaps incredible, is that you didn't really leave. Why did you never leave? Well, I left for two months last ah. year, <laughs> um, but it was, um, in fact, after I took this decision, uh, I noticed that it was a mistake and um, luckily I uh, could come back to RTL. Um, you know, after when you do something for 20 or 25 years, you might have the feeling that there's something else waiting for you. But I... I really noticed very uh, soon that uh, that's not the case. I did not uh, feel that I was in the right place where I went. So I was very lucky to be back at RTL after two months only. <laughs> so two months yeah. sabbatical, let's call it. A sabbatical in Steinzel, I believe. You worked yes, at the exactly. commune there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it really feels as though you've developed your working home life here and you feel very at home, at ease with the colleagues around you. And now your role is head of radio programs at RTL Luxembourg and head of Eurovision, which we'll come to later. Yes. But tell us firstly what your role as head of radio programs means. Um, I'm primarily responsible for the radio's strategy. Um, above all, it's important uh, to constantly review the program and decide which innovations we want to have in the program. Our challenge um, is certainly um, to further develop radio as a modern medium. Um, people's habits have changed also about the use of audiovisual media and we must take that into account count and that's the big uh, issue we have at the moment that we would like to be the radio still a modern media and people to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because now we have radio, we have podcasts, we have so much. And the other thing which I alluded to in the introduction here in Luxembourg is you have such a variety of languages to, to contemplate. So how do you juggle that as well as the changing landscape of radio media, the changing landscape of languages here in Luxembourg, which you will have witnessed growing up here? Mm -hmm. Well, for, for 
RTL Radio Luxembourg, I would say it's some kind of an issue because, as you know, more and more people in Luxembourg do not speak Luxembourgish anymore. They learn Luxembourgish in, uh, in classes, but it's not their home language. So for listening to radio, they might choose another language. So it's important for us as RTL Luxembourg to be present uh, with other languages as we do with RTL Today or with RTL Info. Yes, absolutely. And on the point of the future of radio, this is something that we all think about. I'm sure anybody with children or, or growing up just in the last 10, 20 years, we will have seen, you know, such a change in the way we use technology, in the way we imbibe media in so many different formats. And that must be a constant daily strategy challenge for you in your future planning. So talk to us about your ideas there. Yes, of course. Um, but I firmly believe that radio or audio will um, continue to be a very strong media. Um, it has many advantages over other media. For example, it's a very fast medium for distribu distributing excuse me, uh, information. Um, open the microphone and off you go. So that's very simple. Um, and on the other hand, it's an accompanying media, which is also good. People listen to the radio and can do other things uh, at the same time. Um, the music and the atmosphere on the radio is very important uh, too. And I don't think we will be making a, a distinction uh, between radio and audio content um, in the future. Digitalization makes it possible to listen to our audio or content uh, everywhere on demand when we want. So I think that's the way we have to go. Yes. So then when you're planning in the future, I'm sure you have strategies for five, ten years. Can you tell us a little bit about what you envisage this situation to be in ten years time? Because, of course, we're also at the dawn of incorporating AI into our working lives. It's difficult to tell now what will be in 10 years, but uh, technology evolves so fast. Um, I'm sure that AI will change uh, the world uh, of media immensely. Um, but I believe that this will mainly happen in the background. Um, work processes might change. Some tasks will be taken over by AI. But I don't think that AI will uh, replace all the people. Um, that will not be the case, I believe. Will AI voices be heard on radio in the future? That could very well be the case. Um, but not everything will be AI in the future on in radio. Well, I can, <laughs> I can breathe a sigh of relief there. Uh, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for you, you've moved positions from being in front of the mic to behind the mic. So perhaps that's a, that's a, yeah, a that sensible move. Yeah, that could be done by, by AI too, perhaps. So. <laughs> we will find out. We will find out. In yes. the meantime, you have to plan for it. <laughs> But let's give our listeners who are not from Luxembourg a little, a short history of the importance of, of Radio Luxembourg. Yes, um, in Luxembourg, commercial radio broadcast began in the 1920s, uh, making the country a forerunner on that market. Um, radio Luxembourg first went on air in 1924. Um, radio broadcasting was quickly extremely popular because it provided people with information um, and offered a source of entertainment that was previously completely unknown. Um, the Luxembourgish program was launched on the 19th of October 1959. Um, however, the story is so rich that it would be beyond the scope um, on this program. Uh, I suggest that colleagues um, who are interested can read an article from the series Knowledge Bites on RTL uh, today. Um, the colleagues uh, did a great article about the history of, of RTL Luxembourg. And there is an article too on the uh, RTL Group webpage where the history of the group ca can be found. Um, so um, you can find all the information there uh, if you want to have that. Oh, well, thank you for, for alluding to my colleagues there. That's very nice to hear. And I didn't fish for that at all. 
all. I promise I didn't. But it's lovely to hear. And yet we do try to do that because our audience here at RTL today is international. So we're exactly. trying to talk to those as well. Now, let's jump to your vision. Something yes. very exciting for us here in Luxembourg. Why now? Why has Luxembourg decided to rejoin now? Everything um, now has fallen into place. The government uh, was willing to support the project financially. RTL was willing uh, to participate again as a host broadcaster. And above all, the Luxembourgish music scene um, has developed enormously in the recent uh, years. Um, there's lots of potential and uh, we all agree that we want to win. So uh, <laughs> of course. we had to start again at Eurovision. Nobody enters a race wanting to lose, that's for sure. Um, so let's think about this. You're starting again from a standing start of a 30-year hiatus. How do you begin? At the beginning, uh, we had this big Eurovision in mind and we thought, how are we going to do that? We have no experience at all uh, in Eurovision for 30 years. So we said, OK, we have to get this experience from outside. So we found two people uh, with whom we are working right now. Uh, the first one is Eric Lehmann. He's a Eurovision expert in Luxembourg. He has been traveling to Eurovision for 25 years. So he's our head of delegation and he's our mind of your vision. He knows everything he and he loves it and he <laughs> helps us. He gives us advice how we should do it. And that's wonderful. On the other hand, we have to produce now a very big TV show. In January, there will be our national final on the 27th, uh, live from the Rokal. And we have to do this really great TV show. So we had to find some expertise too. Uh, and we uh, found a woman called uh, Tali Eshkoli. She's an uh, Israeli uh, TV producer. She produced the final, the big final Eurovision for Israel. If you years ago and she's working with us and it's a pleasure and it will be a great show. Well, show is the word. I mean, Eurovision is just a word where you think about the sparkles, you think about the colour, you think about the grandesse of it all. So we are all super excited. I think there'll be many parties around that time for the uh, six finalists in the national final here in January. Now, uh, when it think we think about um, going forward and coming back to your life, there's a motto that you have been quoted as saying, which is learn from yesterday, live today and plan for tomorrow. And so we all like to talk about successes and tend not to mention failures. And yet, of course, we learn from difficult situations. So tell us uh, something that you've learned from a difficult situation. Um, yes, something I learned is what we talked about a few seconds ago is when I left last year and I wanted to come back to RTL. Um, I felt really the importance when quitting a job that you do it in a proper way. So uh, I left here um, with all the colleagues uh, in a very friendly uh, manner uh, with my manager. We were all uh, very um, neutral about that. There were no bad feelings and that made it possible for me to return because otherwise when we would uh, have been in a, in a bad mood uh, when I was leaving, that wouldn't have been possible. So that was something I learned that it's always good to be very uh, open with everything. And so that was possible. and That was uh, good for me. Well, that's a really good piece of advice. I suppose the other part of that is that you chose to leave. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and so, so perhaps that makes it easier. But nonetheless, whether one chooses or one is asked to leave, perhaps yes. it's always good to do it with grace and with a smile. Um, so now, again, looking back at your young self, uh, 25 years ago, coming into RTL, which wasn't even this building back then. No. <laughs> what do you advise to young career starters? who want to join the landscape of the media world? Mm -hmm. um, I 
don't particularly like giving advice uh, to, to, to other people. Um, I think that everyone should have the chance to make their own experiences. Um, if, I, if I had to say something now, it would perhaps be that I have learned that it's worth giving your best and that you are stronger together as a team than as a lone wolf. Oh, that's a very nice line to end on. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening to this episode. If you're part of RTL, which I assume you are if you're watching this, please let us know your thoughts on the RTL group internet comment section. You can also get in touch, of course, through social media. Just search for RTL group on LinkedIn, X, YouTube and Instagram. It's been a great pleasure to be with you once more. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Lisa.